Well, good morning. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We recognize you are sovereign. And Lord, we've sung about that. We look up at the stars. If we travel and go into parts of the nation where we see mountains, we're humbled by the immensity of that. If we go to the ocean, we see how awesome that is. And it is amazing how just looking at you gives us perspective. But God, it's also amazing how quickly we lose perspective. God, I pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, help us individually, corporately as a church body, that the influence of this body and other churches in the area here who serve you would also influence this community, and that our community would influence other communities, that we as a nation, Lord Jesus, would influence this world, and as a world we would see ourselves in proper perspective to your sovereignty and to your presence, and that we would be marked as a people of humility. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, my grandfather, I'm no longer living, but I remember as a kid, um, we would like, be playing a game, my brother and I, and one of us would win. And I don't know if you do this or your kids do this, but you know, when you'd win, you'd, yes, you'd have this victory march, you'd be walking around, you know, the winner, number one, number one. We'd do that kind of stuff. Um, and my grandfather would look at us and go, boys, Self-praise stinks. Good old German grandfather. Self-praise stinks. I, I think I heard that as kids numerous times, or at least it stood out. This whole idea of, of I that can so easily get puffed up with pride is like bad breath. It just stinks. You know, it's amazing, though, like bad breath, Who's the last one to usually know it? Right? Some of you remember way back, you're going to have to kind of go back with me a few years, those of you younger won't know this, but there were commercials for a specific mouthwash that people in this commercial would want to be giving to their boss because they had bad breath and they were so afraid to do so. Anybody remember that commercial? Confronting. <laughs> Nobody remembers that commercial? Well, let me uh, play it for you. No, um, that's funny. Well, that's what this this message is about. Uh, you know, we've been looking at different aspects as we've been going through this whole uh, this whole series called Streetwise in Proverbs, and this is the last of the series. And I always feel sad when I get to the end of it. But this this one that I, I felt that we should cover is just this area of pride, because this ability for the eye to become independent. And in a sense, be filled with this self-importance has an ability to not just stink, but to destroy things and to push others away. The eye that fights for recognition when you feel like you really deserve it. The eye that becomes angry when your agenda isn't put at the front or your way isn't done. The eye that um, stubbornly refuses to listen to that quiet voice within you that says, don't cross that boundary, don't trespass that. The eye that seeks to kind of say, yes, thank you, thank you, when you receive, um, when you accomplish something, and then can, in some cases, also 
turn away and blame, well, it wasn't my fault. When there's opportunity to take responsibility for wrong. Can you relate to that at all? Do you know someone you're sitting next to who could relate to that? Where are you most susceptible to the bad breath of pride? Proverbs gives some pretty common sense wisdom. Proverbs 16:18 says it this way. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 18:12 says, before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. I could go through a lot of Proverbs that list this. But the basic theme is the same. And what I want us to do, instead of just kind of looking at one of those Proverbs, I thought it would be kind of fun to take a, what I call a snapshot of pride in action. And, and we're going to look at Second Chronicles chapter 26. And we're going to see just what I call a snapshot of pride in action. And what we're introduced to, if you have your Bible, you can look at that. We're going to have these scriptures on, on the board as well. But a king named Uzziah, he offers what I call a great photo op of pride. You know, we get all these photo ops today uh, of politicians and all these kind of things. And, and this is what I call a great photo op in the scriptures of a king who has become proud. Uzziah, you have to understand, was, was a boy king. He actually took the throne at age 16. His father died in his early 50s, his dad did, in a battle. And I don't think that Uzziah was really ready to take the throne. I think he was probably thinking, Dad's 50, you know, maybe around 65 or so we'll do this transition thing. I don't think he was ready for it. And I think what's really interesting, when you look at Uzziah, he takes the throne in youthful naivety. Sometimes naivety, right, ignorance is kind of bliss. Especially if you have some real wise people around you guiding you. Because that simple naivety sometimes can create a sense of humility. And it was in that youthful naivety that Uzziah served best. He had accomplished the most for his country when he was unsophisticated and inexperienced. And in those years, he wasn't quite sure how, I think, to do this king stuff. And when he would rather have been probably playing baseball or driving hot cars or hanging with the guys. It's kind of a paraphrase. Um, it's not right in there in the Bible. But it was in those times that he listened to a very humble, God-fearing priest named Zechariah. Don't you love those people who come into your life? I have had a few in the last few weeks who come in very humbly, very lovingly. I did a series, a message a few weeks ago, and if you didn't get it on small T, capital T, you know, big T truth, and, and how to confront and how to hear truth. And it's really wonderful when someone comes in with a sense of perspective and they just say, let me give you this perspective. And, and in, in his naivety, Uzziah hadn't come to a point where he was pompous enough or he was in such a place where he was proud enough that he couldn't hear the voice of a Zechariah. It's one of the real problems with pride. There are people around who love you greatly, and you can't hear it. And so here's Uzziah. He's got a guy named Zechariah around him. And it says, through Zechariah, when Zechariah was with Uzziah, Uzziah sought the Lord, and when he did, God gave him success. In fact, this one line in Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5, is one of the most repeated lines, or the idea of it, in Chronicles. It's this verse, if you just take a second, it says, as long as he sought 
the Lord. God gave him success. Verse 5, as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Something happens when we continue in life and we may go through the motions of seeking the Lord, but our heart begins to wane with regard to really seeking the Lord. Some of you may think back at a point in your life when, when God got a hold of your life. It may have been through a crisis or a brokenness, or it may have been a time in your life when you were searching. There's another experience that some people have, is when they become very successful, sometimes they look around and they go, I can't believe this. There must be something more than me. I've read those accounts. God comes to people in different ways, but it's really interesting. When God has come to your life, think when you came to a place when you were, you were most on fire, most excited about God. You sought him, right? You sought him hard. And God began to give you success. You may be going through pain, through trials, experiences like that, but you began to know this God who was close to your heart, and through time he began to establish you and strengthen you. Some of you are right at that point today. You may have been walking with the Lord, but the Lord using a trial right now, using something in your life, maybe using something in experience of your daily living, whether at work, at church, at home, and he's saying, seek me. I want to give you success. I want to be faithful to you. Note the success that God gave Uzziah. I love this. Verses 6 to 8. He had fame and power. He went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt the tower near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal, Baal, against the Mennonites, the Ammonites, brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. God took this little king of 16 years of age, and through the years as he listened to the voice of Zechariah and God, and he sought the Lord through Zechariah, God allowed for his sense of fame, recognition to spread. But verses 9 through 10 goes on and it talks about economic success. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall he, had, he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns. He went into those places where you usually aren't productive, and God gave him the ability to be productive. Because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile lands. For he loved the soil. At its heart, he was somewhat of a farmer. But not only did he have fame and and was there a sense of, of power that developed within him and recognition among many people throughout the nations, but there was also this sense of economic success. God blessed him and his land and his people. And then verses 11 through 15 You see the country now, he says, Uzziah had a well-trained army, ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers, as mustered by Jael, the secretary, and Maaseah, the officer under the direction of Hananiah, one of the royal officials. The total number of family leaders over the fighting men was 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 men trained for war, a powerful force to support the king against his enemies. Uzziah provided, catch this, he had a well-resourced army. 
Uzziah provided shields and spears and helmets and coats of armor and bows and sling stones for the entire army. You just go back to 1 Samuel and you'll read sometime, you'll find that at that time Israel had nothing. They had staffs that they fought with. They, the Philistines had actually taken away the ability to, for them to make any kind of metal, to, to use any kind of sword or to make, have any kind of resource that way. But now they're so well stocked. And he goes on and he says, In Jerusalem he made machines designed by skillful men for use on the towers and the corner defenses to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. I mean, he even God gave him creativity among those who worked with him. For the, the latest technology, they had in their day Star Wars technology. Can you believe that? In Israel, they got this machine, it actually hurls these things in the air and it comes at you. Man, you don't want to fight them. And his fame spread far and wide. For he was greatly helped. Isn't that cool? That when you come into a humble place where you open your heart to God, you're in this place, you say, God, I really want you in my life. I really want to walk with you. I, I want to seek you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want your word to guide me so that I don't walk in the ways of sin, that I don't begin to stray in areas that you can't bless. I want you to bless me. And it says God comes alongside that person and, and through Zechariah, a really godly counselor. I don't know how God will do it in your life, but he comes in many different ways. Sometimes he uses the word of God just directly into your life. Sometimes the Holy Spirit uses other people or, or through a message or, or through music or through worship. There's all kinds of ways. God's so incredibly vast. And he comes to us and he kind of comes and puts his shoulder, his, his arm around his shoulder and says, let me help you. Right where you're at today, let me help you. And Uzziah had it all, for he was greatly helped. His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped when he sought God. His fame spread far and wide, and he was greatly helped. And now note this. If you have a Bible and you have it open, you want to mark something. Until he became powerful. Until he became successful. Verse 16, the writer of Chronicles explains, but after Uzziah became powerful, here's what happened. His pride led to his downfall. As Proverbs 16:18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. But after Uzziah became powerful, Proverbs 18.12 repeats, Before his downfall, man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. Happens in individuals. Happens in small in families. It happens in small businesses and large businesses. It happens in small communities of believers and churches. It happens in all kinds of places. Pride is no respecter of persons. Or organizations. Because the I gets in the way. I don't need God now. Thank you, God, very much for your help. Zechariah, you've been great. I loved it when you were with me, but your stuff is a little, you know, it's a little old-fashioned right now. I become powerful, he says. He became powerful. And in that sense of power, his pride began to develop. And he basically came to the conclusion that... I did this. 
Move over, God. I appreciate you helping drive, but I'm taking the wheel now. Find yourself in that place. You know, I think when we um, are struck with pride most often, when we come to that place of independence, it's most often when we come to that place where we see God at work, we see things happening, and we begin to start slowly. It doesn't happen right away, but over time we begin to start thinking that, yeah, that wasn't too bad. See, Uzziah basically forgot who God, who blessed him. If you asked him who beat the Philistines, who built those great towers and buildings, and who brought the economic times of plenty, and who developed their country's strong military force over years, it didn't happen right away, because pride begins to grow over time. And over time, he came to a place where he started, well, yeah, about the military, yeah, and the economic success, and the towers, and yes, the defeating of our enemies, thank you, thank you, uh, uh, got it, I did it, uh, thank you. That's what happens. It happens all the time with people. Nice car. You say to someone, thanks. And quietly in their heart, they're going, yeah, pretty cool. I make a lot of money. Like that dress, yeah, it's nothing. I make it look good. <laughs> I didn't have that. Just gonna, anyway, anyway. <laughs> great message, Pastor. And I go, yeah, you're a great liar. No. Pride, the big eye that we don't see but everyone else does, and it stinks. You can spot it a mile away, and it'll lead to downfall every time. So as verse 16 says, pride led to his downfall. It's destructive. God hates it. It's a sin, and it's one of those most detestable things in the eyes of God. Think about it. If you were to say something you hate the most, you're, you just get really angry about it. and just riles you up because you just cannot stand it. You loathe it. What would that be? Listen to Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, right at the very top of the list. Pride. He hates it. Goes on a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness that pours out lies. And a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. He hates that with a passion. The Amplified Bible adds this understanding to haughty eyes. It, re- it reads this way, a proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. It is this spirit of pride that destroys you. It destroys those you love. It destroys your family, your business, your football team or soccer team that you're on, your church. So what I want to do is take a quick picture Snapshot. We're going to slow this down for just a second with regard to the speed as we go. And look at this. It says in, in these next verses that Uzziah steps where he shouldn't. I'm going to just read this to you, and you can just kind of follow along, and then we'll just kind of um, show it in slow-mo. Not that we're going to go any longer than what the time is allotted. But, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. You know, one thing that really would probably get you angry is if someone you would committed your life to, you were faithful to, and they cheated on you. You might really hate that. I don't think God likes it, because pride does that. He became unfaithful to the Lord as God, entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah, the priest, with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord, followed him in. They confronted him and said, 
It isn't right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests and the descendants of Aaron who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord, God. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand ready to burn incense, became angry. And while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. And when the Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he was himself eager to leave because the Lord, the Lord had afflicted him. And King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and excluded from the temple of the Lord. Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events of Uzziah's reign, from beginning to end, are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Uzziah rested with his fathers and was buried near them in a field for, for burial that belonged to the kings, for the people said he had leprosy. And Jotham, his son, succeeded him as king. Let me just show you the first thing that happens with pride. Uzziah steps where he shouldn't. After Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall, and he was unfaithful to the Lord, and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense to the alt- on the altar of the Lord. See, in pride you go to places where you shouldn't go. You do things you shouldn't do. You disregard warnings that you should, your heart should, should hear. And over time you become deaf. And in pride you dis- disregard God's law. You just do what displeases God. Because you're more important. Or whatever you have on your agenda is more important. It maybe doesn't make sense. You rationalize away. And in, pr- in, in pride, I think you often, and we often, reason. I can get away with it. This doesn't apply to me. And I'm more important than this rule. And on and on. The so Second Chronicles, verse 16, says, He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. Remember the same God who was incredibly faithful to Uzziah, who had blessed him. And now Uzziah, becoming powerful, doesn't need the Lord. He says, God, take a hike. I think better. God made it clear in his word that only priests are to burn incense. You might think, well, that's a small little rule. It wasn't. It was a very important rule. It's one of the ways that God kept the, the power of rule of the king separate from that of the priest so that there was some kind of check and balance in play. But Uzziah went where he knew he shouldn't go, and he did what he knew he shouldn't do. That's what pride does. It says, God, I don't care. I'll do what I please. I'll go where I want, even knowing you say no. And in the nostrils of God, it stinks. Do you smell any of that spirit in you? Are you going somewhere where you know you shouldn't go? Isaiah steps when he shouldn't be stepping. Azariah the priest with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him in. Note verses 17 through 19. They confronted him and said, It's not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That's for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary. They're very, very clear on what he was supposed to do. For you have been unfaithful and you won't be honored. God won't be helping you anymore. You have to wonder why Uzziah went in to burn incense. And I can only surmise, because commentators give all kinds of different reasons for it, so you kind of take your pick. But here's the best one that I think is going on in his life. I think he has seen his success, and he has been going and moving things forward, and he starts seeing things starting to fall apart. And things aren't kind of going the way they should. His success isn't quite like it could have been. And he probably had a big project or he had maybe a military um, advance coming against him or he had something going on and he knew that he needed to be victorious in this one so he said, God, I'm going to get really religious for a second and I'm going to do something really great for you 
And I'm going to go and I'm going to burn some incense before you and ask you. And he becomes kind of religious. Not holy. Not led by the Spirit. But he's going to do what he thinks he can do to make things different. And God says, that's just not the way it's supposed to be done. And even when people, he steps where he shouldn't, even when people come and confront him and say, listen, Uzziah, this is not right. Uzziah, it says, who had the censer in his hand ready to burn incense, so he's on his way. He became angry, and he's raging at the priests. Even when he's warned, Uzziah doesn't stop. He refuses to listen to God's warning. Pride is really hard to confront. It says in verse 17 that Azariah the priest went with 80 other courageous priests, which means there were probably a couple hundred more that said, not me. Uh, he asked for hands and, and he sheepishly he sees some hands go up. While the others say, I'm not having my head taken off by the king. And so he goes through and he gets the, the um, some versions say, the valiant men went with him and they confronted him. And it's really interesting that when pride comes against um, some confrontation, you can sometimes note that when there is a lot of pride, you'll have a lot of anger. In fact, rage will occur. Now, let me just say also, you can be proud and confront someone. Pharisees did it all the time. You know, it's amazing when the Pharisees confronted Jesus. How did Jesus often respond to him? He's pretty humble. When Jesus got angry, he got angry when what they were doing was causing others' lives to not come in contact with God. So at one point that they would put burdens on people and make them so heavy to carry that they, and they wouldn't even come along and help lift even a finger, Jesus says, to help carry, take that burden off. So just because you're confronting someone doesn't mean you're the one who's humble. But in this case, they come, and one of the things you see is when they confront, there's this rage that comes up. You ever experienced that in yourself? Basically, don't expect someone in sin, someone's doing wrong, someone who's moving in a certain pattern. Maybe it's something they're not even fully consciously aware of to be real excited when you tell them what they're doing isn't right. Uzziah steps where his pride is headed is the next thing, verses 19 through 21. He actually, as we read, was led to his downfall or destruction. Not only did he go where he shouldn't go when he shouldn't, when he was being confronted, not only does he do those things, but he actually goes exactly where pride will lead you, which is to destruction. It's the saddest part about for pride. It destroys. What deep down your heart longs for most, it pushes away. Just like bad breath. Self-praise stinks. Pride stinks. Because when you have it, what happens? You want to get close to someone, and they're going... Right? It's just how pride works. Get the visual imagery. That's exactly what happens. And what you would really want from someone, they just they have to force themselves to stay near it. And while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar, the Lord's temple, leprosy breaks out on his forehead. You see Uzziah raging at the priest with leprosy, this dreaded, dreaded disease, which eats away not only your skin and your body, but it actually eats away at your relationships and causes you to be isolated from others. That's why pride and leprosy go hand in hand so often in the Word of God, because their effects are so similar. 
Can you picture this? Here's Uzziah. He's ranting and raving. He's yelling and screaming. He's saying, how dare you confront the king? And he's raging. He's angry. He's throwing candles. The incense is flying. The priests step back. They're afraid. They're thinking to themselves, this little crisis intervention isn't working as well as we had hoped. And he's raging away. And at one point as he's raging, all the priests begin to start going like this. And they're looking at him, and he's looking at them, and he's looking at them, and they're looking at him, and he starts looking behind him. There's nothing behind him. He looks at him again. He goes, what's wrong? Bad hair day? You know, and, and they're going, no, king. It's a lot worse than a bad hair day. And they all come over. And you've got to remember, priests were the medical doctors of the day. They were the ones who determined whether you could go in into the presence of God. They come over as, quote, medical doctors of the day, look at him and go, ooh, it's a lot worse than bad hair. It's leprosy. It's pride. And they all knew what that meant. It meant, lastly, that Uzziah would stay where he would rather not be. It's not what his heart was. We sometimes think power and money and fame and all these things will give us relationships, and they don't. They often lead to pride, and pride just stinks, and it pushes people away. You can try and buy relationships. You can try and use your power to get relationships. You can try and use your popularity to get people to hang around you. But deep in your heart, the only thing that brings about kind of intimacy that you really want is a, humil- a humble spirit that opens your heart to God. And in that process of opening heart to God, you begin to get to know yourself. And as you get to know yourself, you begin to, to know others and really understand them the very Everything your heart most longed for is found in humility. The thing that we most long for in a church here is found in a humble stance before God. In Uzziah, who did all kinds of great things, ends up where he'd rather not be. He actually did leave a legacy. There's no doubt people said, oh yeah, he defeated the Philistines. He had some building programs. He had some economic success. He had a great military machine. But when Uzziah's name was brought up, the people said, oh yeah, Uzziah, wasn't he the leprous guy? Verses 22 and 23 say this. The other events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Uzziah rested with his fathers, was buried near them in a field for burial, and belonged to the kings, for this is what the people said. He had leprosy. We have some great people in the past who did great things. Richard Nixon. He opened up China in some ways, and you see what's the result here, but what will he be remembered most for? What comes to your lips when you hear Nixon? Watergate. Howard Hughes. Built a huge... Economic, financial empire. Planes, all kinds of things. What's he remembered for? Paranoid, whatever. I put Michael Jackson as a guy. Five years of age. Had the the world by its tail and we did so for many years. And what do we remember him for today? I hate to say it, but kind of a weirdo, right? What will you be remembered for? What will this church, our church, be remembered for? 
I'm going to just share with you as I conclude these things. Here's some signs that you're in pride. You are stepping into places, you are crossing lines that you know displease God. Either directly by his word or in your conscience, you know you're moving where you shouldn't be. And I can promise you, you don't want to head that direction. I would like to warn you. Don't violate his word or his spirits pounding on your heart. Let me ask you to think about this for a second. When you're confronted in a certain area in your life, do you get angry? I mean, almost rageful. You might have a hard time tying that to pride. But I want to tell you something. It may be that there's a pattern of trying to go after something. It could be in relationship with your spouse. It could be in relationship to some other business or something. That, that when, it, when you're confronted in that area, you just get angry. Because what's happening is your path is being blocked. See, Jesus didn't get angry about that kind of stuff because he knew his father was in control. He knew that he would always get to the end that God wanted because he knew that the hour was coming and his father was completely sovereign. They could even take a guy like Caiaphas and prophesy through him. Do you find yourself finally isolated? You know, I'm not isolated. I got all these friends around me. I want you to really get serious for a second. Do you lack the kind of intimacy that you long for in your marriage or in relationship to your kids or in relationship to others around you? Do you lack that? Is it just a certain kind of level? I have seen, watched, and, and observed some who have come to the end of their life and they live a kind of existence where they have people in their lives but there's no closeness. And pride will keep the door of others um, closed, your door of their desire to be with you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and we're just going to sing a simple chorus in response that we sang earlier. And my prayer is that as we stand to sing this in your heart, you will, in your heart you will fall down in the presence of God.